What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to the Power Company Podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. Here in Lander, Wyoming, winter is doing its best to swoop in, currently being held off, and actually, I'm not mad about it at all. We've been working really hard on some winter apparel that will be coming out in the next month or so, as well as I've been reading a ton of research um, both climbing specific and um, sports science research that can be applied to climbing for a project that uh, our coach Paul Corsaro and I are working on that you'll be hearing more about very, very soon. I'm really, really excited to get this thing out into the world. I know that elsewhere, Winter is still holding off. The seasons are just ramping up. So I hope everybody out there is ready. If you're not, then might be too late to get ready. But next season, hit us up. We've got training options for pretty much every level, every discipline of climber. So get on the website, powercompanyclimbing.com. Find what suits you best or shoot us a message. Also, our community board is up and running. We've, we've had a successful community forum on Facebook for quite some time, but I didn't like going to Facebook so often to, to talk to my people, so we moved it, and it's jumping off more than it ever did on Facebook. You can find that at community.powercompanyclimbing.com. You can also find it in the show notes right there in your pocket supercomputer. All right, today's guest, or should I say guests, plural, are two good friends of mine, uh, Devin Dabney, host of the American Climbing Project, who you have heard from before on here several times, and Brianna Blanchard, organizer of the Climb Late events. We sat down to talk about the intersection of climbing, of doing the work that you believe in, and how you promote those things, how you talk about those things on social media, and what that might mean for your mental health. All right. Let's get into it. As little of power as we want to give social media, like everyone's out there communicating about it and they're they're expressing their deepest hate or their hardest love on whatever it is that you're doing. Did you guys know each other pre-internet? Like, had you met in person? No. 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 And you <laughs> we, met you we met, literally on, met on the internet? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was because of that post that I made about Daniel Woods all that time ago. Um, I did not think it was going to spread the way it did. but And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Bree, but you, like, I think you found me because of that. Yeah, right? I think you posted... A photo of yourself climbing in the red mm-hmm. and up until that point i hadn't known who you were i hadn't listened to your music you know what that's not true i had listened to your music you but i had no idea i had listened to a song you both did together breakfast at miguel's oh yeah, yeah and yeah, at that point i don't even know i may have like done a power company training plan at that point but like i didn't know who you were, Devin, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, listen to these tracks. They're about the red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was funny and fun to listen to. But yeah, I remember seeing you, seeing that photo of you and hearing, you know, your response. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, who's this? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I think, I, don't, I really truly don't remember like how our friendship kind of spiraled after that point. But it was, it's been so interesting, like meeting people on the internet and then 
getting so close to you, you're like one of my closest friends now. Yeah, well, I think, and I, I don't know if this is exactly right, but I'm mostly, the short version is I remember you just being like, yeah, I think we should be friends. Like, <laughs> like you, like we, we talked on the phone once and, and, and yeah, you were just like, yeah, I think, I don't know. I just wanted to be friends with you. And I was yeah. like, okay, <laughs> that seems like, that seems like a good idea. And yeah, it's just, it actually has just shown me the power of like what, what actual connection is. And like, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that being close to someone like physically means that you're going to be good friends with them or like how to maintain a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like how you can be, I don't know, you can maintain a, a good friendship virtually. Yeah. Um, and you don't yeah. necessarily have to like have known them forever no. either. Like I'm in, I'm interested in deep, good friendships, not surface level relationships that maybe I've known you for 10 years. I don't even yeah. think we've known each other for a year yet. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's <laughs> <laughs> really weird. Well, I think this, I think it's fascinating. Like, mm -hmm. You and Devin, you and Mario and I have spent a lot of time on the phone talking. Yeah. And you haven't met Mario in person, right? No. <laughs> no. Right. And I feel, I mean, I'm I'm the grandpa in this whole relationship. <laughs> like, because the, you know, you and Mario starting to talk mm -hmm. was because of you being on the podcast and Mario you know, then seeing you and hearing you and being like, oh, I want to get to know this person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, same thing with with you guys. Your Daniel Woods post was in a in response to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then Brianna finds that. And yeah. I I just think it's so fascinating. And I talk a lot about the bad side of the Internet. Mm hmm because it can be a really divisive place, completely devoid of nuance. But then there are these really brilliant, beautiful things that come from it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, Devin, I met you in person the first mm -hmm. time. Who's your heights? Yep. You know, but it's not like we've spent a lot of time together. We've spent barely any time together until this, this trip. This is the fourth you know? time I've seen you in person. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and same with Brianna. Yeah. Like we've seen each other before. We've been at events together, yeah. but that's really it. Mm -hmm. But seeing you two meet on the internet, seeing you and Mario meet mm -hmm. on the internet, that's something that I want to highlight because like I said, I talk about the bad side of the internet and mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of joy to be found there too. We just have to seek it out, find it and and engage in it. You, and you know what you just made me realize? It's, I'm glad you mentioned like 10 minutes ago, you were talking about the conversation where we were saying like, it's just climbing, it can't change the world. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that when you... I mean, you may have thought of it this way, but when you published that podcast, I don't think you were thinking like, oh, Devin's going to hear it. He's going to post something and then him and Brianna are going to become friends. Yeah. But it right. happened. And right. so like we, it's just like a testament to, number one, you never know what impact you're leaving when you do things. Right. And number two, changing the world doesn't always look like, you know, some critically acclaimed thing. Mm -hmm. It can right. be, you know, the the like, implied influence is or informal influence is more powerful in some ways than just like formal i'm in front of everybody influence yeah yeah what made you two met on the internet mm -hmm. you know what made and tell me about the first time you met to climb together brianna you were with your family i yeah. think is that right and what was the first? Oh, Stone we Fort? Stone Fort. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I'm watching the internet. Here. <laughs> we <laughs> don't even know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, when was that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, Bree, but I feel like I didn't feel like I was meeting you for right, the first right. time. Like, I felt like I already knew you, and it felt like we were just like picking up. Yep. Which I do think is interesting because when I think about other people that I've met off the internet, it was like like having to re-meet them again. Yeah. Like I like they were the same person, but it was just, I feel like you in person is very similar to you on the internet. Yeah, yeah. And and we've also talked on the phone a lot. So yeah. it didn't feel weird to me. It felt like 
like these are people I I already know right. really well. Right. And I think like through the last year, you know, it forced us into isolation with COVID and and everything and all we had was the internet mm-hmm. <laughs> or the, our phones or you know, we were isolated and if we really valued connection like I do, um, that's all we had. And so it, it sort of put everyone on the same plane. Like mm-hmm. I can't see you. No one can see each other at mm-hmm. this point in time. All we have are virtual connections. And so they felt like in that moment, the people that I was meeting and growing close to in those moments felt like real connections. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, going out and meeting Devin at Stonefort and him climbing with my family and like doing that felt like, oh, well, we're, we already do this. We already talk yeah. all the time. And it felt like in those moments, that was all I had or mm. all we had uh, because we couldn't and didn't feel comfortable like getting together with people through mm-hmm. the pandemic. Um, and I wonder like if the internet and those relationships that I've built and over time would have been so profound if we hadn't gone through this. Mm. Um, because, and I've said this before, like there are so many ups and downs and benefits and consequences of the last year and a half, but we were all humbled to the same plane of like, no one can be together. Mm -hmm. This is how we're going to connect. And so all those new relationships or relationships that were, you know, we'd seen each other once in a while, but then all we had now was to talk on the phone or on the internet became those real connections. I'm curious to hear from both of you, the internet, you know, particularly social media can be a really draining place. Mm -hmm. Um, And you both engage in tough conversation, tough discourse on Instagram. And you put yourselves in that position on purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. With those sorts of connections that you two have formed, can you still be on Instagram and just go to a different place on Instagram or whatever social media and still find a way to recharge? Can you find solace or do you have to unplug? Like, is is, is the social media becoming just a negative place mm-hmm. or are you still finding other positive things? Um, I think it depends. I think most of the time social media is a good place for like, I can still view it as a positive because I, um, I, well, number one, I can watch all the funny videos I want like that, that helps, you know, (laughs) all the cat videos and like all the, like just silly memes and stuff. I have like a folder a mile long of stuff like that. So I, I, I do it for that. And also like I, I do have a lot of meaningful connections I forged through social media. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly the thing that keeps me on it because it can be a super negative and draining place. And honestly, in some ways it's overwhelming in a positive way where I have so many connections and I'm like, like I have so many messages that I will never ever be able to respond to. And that does bother me. But yeah. overall, I still view it very positively for myself. There are times though, when something really gets on my nerves or like, it's an overwhelmingly negative experience, but I think I've also learned that I just don't, I'm not going to get on American Alpine clubs like page and look at the comments. Like that's just right. So I think it's, I'm doing less of stuff like that and like looking for it, which, you know, you, I feel like you should to a degree, but I'm mitigating it more. Yeah. And I think coming at it from a place of like healthy mentality too, because I am similar, like I've valued the friendships and relationships I've built from social media. Um, But, you know, really being able to filter those things yourself or like know where to look or who to connect with. If social media is one of the only ways to connect with them, like maybe you don't have their phone number or email Mm -hmm. or something like that. But, um, you know, when when things get difficult, as they do, when you choose to enter into those places where you're the only voice um, or you know, you're, you're constantly being, um, attacked by, you know, internet trolls or whatever you want to refer to them as, but, um, being able to like find those good places because you remember that they're there because that's the reason that that's what forged the, the good relationships that you do have. Mm -hmm. Um, like I think like, you know, okay, the, this platform has its purpose. You know, I got to, I met Devin and now we're great friends. Like, you know, I learned more about you, Chris, and now we're good friends. And like that, 
there are good pieces of it so that when it when the hard stuff gets exhausting, I can remember where to look and who's in my corner. Yep. Uh, because and and the other thing too is like remembering that there are going to be thousands of positive voices, but those like you know, 10 or 20 negative ones are always going to constantly like be the ones that eat at us, regardless Mm -hmm. of like the thousands upon thousands of positive responses. And I think putting that into perspective of like, it truly really only is like a small minority of people who want to be loud and be opposed to what the good things that you're doing Mm -hmm. Um, or just, you know, are sad, miserable (laughs) human beings or just have nothing better to do, Mm -hmm. but that there are, like tens of thousands of more people who are who really support what you are doing mm-hmm. um or yeah and just remembering that through all the mess because it's messy those so- social media is messy mm-hmm. as much power as it has it's totally messy so yeah yeah and i mean the world is messy mm-hmm. you know so i guess we can't expect social media to not be a reflection of that Mm -hmm. it just happens to be a really pointed reflection of that you know yeah and something else too is like you know everyone has their own opinions on how much power they give to social media and there are those who are like oh i you know social media isn't who i am as a person but like social media gave me a lot of opportunity that i have now right yeah and i can't ignore that yeah so I'm almost like, oh, okay, well, well, what's the next opportunity that could be presented in front of me? Um, yeah, I just, I can't ignore that social media gave me the platform to have a voice, a voice that people listen to and gave me opportunity um, that I have now, yeah. Yeah, for for lack of a better, of better terminology, I generally speak about, social media and real life you know Mm -hmm. as if as if they're different things and i'm well aware that social media is part of real life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but those that's the terminology i'm going to use in in real life both of you are doing other things to affect change Mm -hmm. you're you're working toward what you see as the the better vision of the community Mm -hmm. um how do you then talk to me about how you use social media in that regard and how you engage on it, how you choose to engage with it and, and how that might have changed over time. I'm just, I'm curious. Yeah. I I mean, if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have told you that social media activism doesn't do anything like that. It's, you can't judge people by what they post on social mm-hmm. media. You have to know them in real life and know what they're actually doing. But IRL, that's what the kids say, right? <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> IRL. Damn, I need to get back on uh, AOL Messenger and get <laughs> caught up on the lingo. <laughs> Shit, I'm falling behind. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like I just, um, I, I thought that it was like all like nonsense. And I just, even like the black square thing, like I was, like, okay, you should support, I mean, my interpretation of it was like support black businesses, but I was like, okay, I, I am a black business. So my existence like is a black square. So I don't have to post this, but, but I'm I always, a business man. I'm a business yeah, yeah, exactly. man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly, but that's, honestly, that's it. Like, I don't have to like, there's certain things you don't have to like say. And I feel like sometimes when people like go out of their way to say it, it makes it like, it makes it fake, you mm-hmm. know? And like, so that was my but that was me a year ago now i still do believe some of that but i also acknowledge that social media is a great way to spread messages they're not always good messages but it's a very great way to spread them and i also had to learn and remember for myself that i don't have to tell everybody what i'm doing on social media to feel like i'm doing enough because Mm. There's a lot of stuff that I don't post on social media that I am doing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel guilty. This is how I realized it was getting kind of off is like, I would be like neck deep in in different things. And then I would look and see that I haven't shared the latest tragedy or whatever's happening. And then I'd be like, am I doing enough? And Mm -hmm. like, no, I am doing enough. It's just, I feel pressured to express it on social media. And I, yeah, like I, I, I view it as two different tools like there's 
there's the things I share on the internet and there's the things that I'm doing in reality. And I don't have to tell everybody what I'm doing to prove that I'm doing enough, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm sort of, I sort of operate from a place of like, am I constantly living up to whoever's expectation mm -hmm. and yeah. not so much self-reflective of like, am I doing, am I doing what I want? Like, am I doing good for me? So that constant pressure of like, if I don't share this thing on Instagram or if I don't like <clears throat> talk about this whatever that's happening mm -hmm. like am i i don't know is someone going to judge me for it and so you know i didn't utilize my social media platforms very much like two years ago but then i decided post i was going to start posting photos of climbing because that was what i'm doing and it was fun and then it sort of built upon itself and um became this place of like i want to use my voice to to share different things that I feel passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, but then, yeah, you sort of fall into this like, okay, well, I need to then constantly be talking about every single, you know, um, every single thing that's going on instead of like, oh, you know what? I can share about this really awesome uh, initiative that I'm starting or, mm -hmm. you know, and it actually put some things into perspective recently because my husband was like, you know, why don't you share about Climb Late, which is this initiative, like this climbing initiative that I started. And I was like, yeah, you know, okay. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not a photo of me climbing. It's not like me sharing some vulnerable story or something, but it's me expressing like true joy in this project that I'm working on. And I think, I think I'm starting to shift in that direction of, you know, don't don't stop looking at me because I'm still here like doing this and mm -hmm. I'm you know you can still expect this from me but also from time to time like I'm I'm happy like I yeah, yeah. I, I'm sh I show joy like mm. I I'm excited about things but like don't sleep I'm still here like yeah doing the work and stuff so it's sort of you know it, it, it's sort of this roller coaster of like okay let's let's explore this tool in a different way and two like you know, another way that we sort of get trapped in this negative mentality of social media is we start to compare ourselves to other folks. Like for me, other other climbers doing things that in my mind are much more skilled or better than something that I'm doing. And mm -hmm. being able to express vulnerability through my storytelling, which is a, a way that I sort of tackle social media. Like I'm, I want to tell these experiences, share these experiences and tell these stories. Um, and express that vulnerability sort of humbles the nature of us all because we know that folks aren't sharing like the truth of the truth like every and, single thing yeah. and we and we likely see a lot of you know talked up good and in, in terms of what people are doing um and not the real root of vulnerability which i think is a powerful thing to see on a platform like instagram or something like that so me expressing that yeah, it's almost like I want to see that from everybody else too. Mm -hmm. Here, here's something I think is really interesting that you sort of just touched on. Um, you both have things that you've built: mm -hmm. the Climb Late Initiative. Yeah. You've got the American Climbing Project and your music. And we we live in this culture where it's like, I need to show everybody everything I'm eating. You know, mm -hmm. if, if I made a plate of food, I got to show it to everybody yeah. on Instagram mm -hmm. and then I got to show them what I'm doing in the next hour and then in the next hour and they constantly have to see things. Mm -hmm. But then we put a lot of ourselves into building a thing and we post about it once and we're like, okay, that's that. Yeah. And for some reason we feel embarrassed is the wrong word, but we don't want to overshare these things we've put all of ourselves into like the, the book, the hard truth was the first time I said, okay, I'm really fucking proud of this thing. I'm going to share the shit out of yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to post about it every day for the next fucking month. Yeah. And then for the year anniversary, I'm going to post about it every day for the next fucking month. <laughs> yeah. And, and what that's taught me is that, even though I posted about it and it felt like this big culmination, this I built this thing, I put all this sweat equity into it and I posted it, that wasn't the end of it. Not mm -hmm. everybody saw that post. Not everybody was convinced by that post. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to tell, I had to do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again and to make sure people keep seeing it. Yeah. 
why do you think that is that we're so comfortable saying, here's what I'm doing all day. Let me post 15 stories about it. But I put all of myself into this thing I made and I'm going to post about it once. Um, I think some of it is like the, like the, you want to give the feel that your day to day life is, is great. Like, I feel like, you know, that's why stories, people post so many stories, right? They want like, uh, I mean, some people use it to reshare other posts, but, but, you know, if someone's posting like stories of a concert or something, it's the perception that like currently my life is this mm. and like, you're, you're watching it in real time where I feel like, a like you, what I thought of is like posting about my music where if I yeah. make a, if I make a project, I post about it. It was a lot for me to even post about it. The you know, a couple weeks before I'm like, I don't know if I should be sharing mm -hmm. about this multiple times, you know, right, which right. is weird. Cause like sharing on social media is inherently a little bit like egotistical, <laughs> but at the same time, like you're like, well, I don't want to be too egotistical. You don't want to seem yeah. egotistical. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. all about perception. Like, I guess like Americans, we're all like, we want to be seen a certain way. It's not even about what we actually are. It's like, I want to give off this impression. Mm -hmm. Um, but even like, even if you're thinking about it from a business perspective, like I don't remember what the number is, but I feel like it's like people have to see something seven times before they right. actually like look at it, look at it. And so you probably are reaping the benefits of like yeah. sharing about it every day. And like, I don't know, it's easy to have these like moments get lost in communicating. Yeah, it's so funny because like until I was sort of persuaded to post about Climb right. Late, like I didn't right. even share about it. And part of me was like, you know, I don't need to share about it. Like, I'm just going to do the work. Like, there's enough performative out, like action happening mm, on yeah. social media. But then there's also the idea of like, is it is it not going to be enough? Like, is it, oh. it, does it, is it not going to live up to like, because I already hold myself up to ridiculous standards. And yeah. then I'm like, can it, can it hold up to like everyone else's standards too? Mm -hmm. And then I, it's out there for like the whole world to either hate or love or be indifferent about mm. because you know, as as little of power as we want to give social media, like everyone's out there communicating about it, and they're, you know, they're they're expressing their deepest hate or their hardest love on whatever it is that you're doing without a filter because they're hiding behind a screen, and so it's also this like, is this something people are gonna care about? So mm -hmm. should I share about it? Are they gonna like my music? Yeah. Um, is this the thing that I want to share? Do I want to wait until it's because Climb late too is still very new. And sure. so it's like, should I wait to share about it until it's grown? But if I had waited to share about it until some unforeseen point in time that I would have no idea when that is, it wouldn't be growing at this rate that it is. Right. And wouldn't be being shared by the mm -hmm. access fund like I had the opportunity to do a couple days ago. And so. Right. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah. Like. I always, whenever I'm in this position, I go back to, um, to two hip hop artists that came up in the same scene that I did, Blueprint and RJD2, put out an album called Soul Position. And I think it was on this album anyway. And Blueprint leads off the album by saying, you know, sorry it took so long, but I'm not trying to put out no garbage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And, and that reminds me, like, if I've done it, it's not garbage. I yeah. I put my fucking heart into yeah. what I do. I work hard on what I do. I know you both put your hearts into it, work mm -hmm. hard on it. And what what I see as the viewer when you're posting about your music or when you're posting about Climb Late is they're proud of this thing they made. Mm -hmm. When I see somebody post once and then forget about it, I'm like, I don't know. Are, are they proud of what yeah. they did? Yeah. You know? So I want you to post about your music more. Yeah. I want you I want you to post about your old projects now. I know. I you know. know. Like, whoa, this is five years old and it's still mm -hmm. the dopest shit out there. <laughs> That's what I want to hear you say. <laughs> you know, and I and I'm glad that your climb late got picked up and got carried. Yeah. And because I think it deserves that and needs that attention, but but it can't get picked up. It can't get the attention if you aren't willing to put it out there. Yeah, that's a, that's tough. And that's like the, one of the biggest like inhibitors of, of your progress is like, whether it's a, whether it's an artistic progression or like a 
social progression, like being afraid, like, I guess great is the, or like perfect is the enemy of good, you know, like yeah. being like, um, you constantly like, well, it's not good enough yet. It's not good enough yet. And before you know it, like if you wait too long, then your perspective changes yeah. again. And then mm -hmm. it's like, well, now it's definitely not good enough. And you'll, yep. you'll never, you have to escape that vortex somehow. And the only way to escape it is to put it out. Like that's the yeah. only way out of it. You, yeah. I had a recording studio at my house in Cincinnati, just tiny little bedroom recording studio. And a lot of my friends would come over and record their music mm -hmm. and then I'd never hear it again. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, I've recorded 25 songs for you. Where is it? Oh, that, that shit's old now. It's I'm like, late. old yeah. to who? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows about it right. but me and you. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh God, that's so true. That's something that I I'm still guilty of in some ways where I like... I finish something, but I don't put it out. And then like, I'm like, well, it's too old now, but nobody else has heard nobody it. Nobody else knows. Um, yeah. And I mean, even, you know, it. I guess that's a little different than like starting something and not quite finishing it. Because for like music, for example, like... If but you I think it leads to that. It does, yeah. Yeah, because it's very easy to be like, well, this material is not relevant to me anymore, mm -hmm. so it po couldn't possibly be relevant to someone else, which is not true. I mean, everyone's in a different place at at any given moment, you know? And I mean, like, even the topic of the first episode of American Climbing Project. Mm -hmm. Like, half, you know, you're talking about something that happened a full year ago. It's like, is this still relevant? Well, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it I is. A whole year you. later. <laughs> yeah, that's, and it will be relevant in 100 years, and it was irrelevant, or it was relevant 100 years ago, like, just yeah. in a different way. And I think even more meta talking about that, you know, to go a little deeper on the topic of episode one of the American Climate Project is like people put up this black square, but then redacted it, you know, yeah. like I put it up and then it took on this whole life of its own. And I'm like, why would I get rid of it at this point? Mm -hmm. like, it's a thing I did. It's there. It meant a thing to me. That's fine. I'll I'll move on and I'll keep moving forward. I'll keep make trying to make change in my way. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't need to erase a thing that I did. I can't erase a thing. I still did it even if I delete that post. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. So I think the whole social media versus real life thing is really interesting in the things that we decide to share, the things that we decide to remove. And, and I think this last year, you know, 2020 leading into 2021 has really highlighted it because we were all sitting at home watching the internet, yeah. mm -hmm, meeting yeah. people on the internet. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. yeah. I mean, you, the, that's the thing about it, which probably at first made me think it was so fake is that everything you share is you're deciding to share it. You don't get to, Yeah. I mean, you can't. You can't do that with real life. Like if if I if if I have a bad interaction or like a bad day, I can't delete it, you know. Or if I say something at a dinner party and it's probably not my favorite thing I've said, I can't erase that. Right. You know, but with social media, you can there's the belief. I mean, not you could even argue that like once you put something on the internet, it, it exists forever. Mm -hmm. But there's yeah, there's definitely a choice. I mean, everything is a choice. You have to choose whether or not you want to share this portion of your life. And, you know, I try really hard to make my social media presence very close to who I am mm -hmm. in person. But inevitably, I curate what I put on social yeah, media. exactly. We all do. And I think, like, there's a interesting message here of, like, and, you know, when we do choose to share things, like, hopefully it's not, that's not it, mm -hmm. right? Like, we're not just, you know sharing this one awesome thing or initiative or, you know, or, or like we post a photo of ourselves at a protest is like, oh, well, is that it? Like, yeah, hopefully yeah. there's more to it too. And, and understanding the, that, you know, at least from my perspective, like if I, if I do post it on the internet, like it could live there forever, mm -hmm. but I could take it down. And like, are there more layers of work that's being done under that? And that it's, that is out there and exists out there so that, you know, if you are partnering with someone and they like choose to to dip out of yeah, this, you know yeah. what I mean? Like if it gets too hard for them, like is is there something physical there that's still being done? Like, you know, everyone that's partnered with Climb Late, like 
it's too late to back out. I mean, it's not, but right. Like I mean, those, those things proof. have consequences at yeah. this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, um, are, is there more real work being done underneath? Because too, like, it's really easy to make a statement on social media that really truly does not tie very much to whether to your brand or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you decide a year later, like, mm, I don't know that I want to get involved with that anymore. You delete it. Mm-hmm. And then like, it's gone from the, from the internet completely. Or are there more layers of work that truly keep you tied to this thing that you're doing and keep you held accountable to that work? Like, what does that look like too? Yeah. Well, and you're also kind of making me think about retracting what I said earlier, because even though you can delete what is put on the internet like people are still experiencing it so like i still saw i mean 25 million black squares were posted in a week i know that now and whether or not they get deleted yeah like i know it so even if even if people try to retract like it's you've already put it out in the world Mm -hmm. and so yeah to your point there is there's there's a you always have a choice you can always back out Mm -hmm. but there's consequences to everything you post on social media and i think like I don't think enough people really consider that when they share things, um, especially when they reshare things. Like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just a like, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier today of like, I, me recognizing in myself that I some, that I would sometimes share things just because someone I respected shared it yeah. and I wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. And to realize that is terrifying, right? Like, because it basically shows that I'm not really employing any critical thought in what i'm sharing yeah and it's easy to do that when it's not your message like when you're like oh well i'm just sharing this because someone else shared it but you're still sharing it like it's still an extension of your thought like your Mm -hmm. social media avatar or whatever you know and that's uh i don't know for me it's scary to think that i would ever not control or have some sort of control over my thoughts or what i say you know i'm curious if either of you this is something I've been cognizant of IRL in real life. <laughs> See, um, you're getting it. You're with you're it. Get, I, yeah. <laughs> how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, shit. Um, something I've been cognizant of is, am I letting this looming specter of knowing that I'm going to post about this on social media, am I letting that affect my actions in real life? Like, am I doing this thinking I'm going to post this on social media? That's why I'm going to oh, do it. Oh, that's, or that's why I'm really, going to say it. Oh, or, that's gross, but scary. Or make it or whatever. <laughs> huh. Do you think, I think we all do it to some degree, yeah. but where mm-hmm. do you think it extends to in your real lives? Yeah, that's that's a tough question. That's scary to think about because I don't think I have the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to that... like, I remember like a year ago because first of all, like my my husband takes my my, my climbing partner, my husband takes mm-hmm. like he snaps photos and memories and stuff like that for me to share on social media and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I remember someone randomly was like, "Oh, this looks fake. Like you staged it." I was like, "I'm." pulling a four-year-old like at the crag with my husband in the very limited time that I have two hours away from the red like I don't have time to stage this climbing photo like Mm -hmm. you you can choose to think whatever you want but you know for me I think sometimes it's fun to like just have a collection of photos to like share or whatever if I come up with a cool thought and I I'm like oh this might catch someone's attention and like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna save it with like a you know in like a catalog or something and so having those are cool like you know, if you're like, oh, I'm out and I want to snap a com- couple photos to like keep in a catalog to share at some point. But then when you're out there like, oh, I need to like my whole day is completely focused on getting the right photo mm. <laughs> or or getting the content that I need. And, you know, you're completely disregarding your physical experience with people mm-hmm. for one. And then you, it, it, you're completely inauthentic in whatever you're sharing too mm-hmm. yeah. on social media. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a tricky wormhole to to head down a really easy one too yeah yeah i mean i think i tend to do more what you just said where now i'm like if i'm getting pictures it's because i want to just have pictures so that i can talk about whatever i want but i can just post some pretty picture um i've lived that life of like oh i'm going on this trip i need to get this photo 
or I need to share this. Like it's a compulsion to like, I need to share this, like what I'm doing. Um, but I had a pretty, I had an uh, a experience like relatively early in like the Instagram era of like, I was traveling or like doing something and my camera wasn't working and I got really like frustrated and I was like, just so mad that I wasn't going to be able to get these photos. And I realized that like, I was so stressed out about getting photos that mm -hmm. I wasn't even like experiencing the thing yeah. that the photos were supposed to capture. So I turned my camera off like and didn't didn't take any more pictures on that trip. And yeah. I remember it all the better because of it. So I think that I've just become afraid of living life through a lens and like not actually experiencing it. And, and then before you know it, it's passed you by. And you might have these beautiful pictures, but you don't have the memories. You just have the stress. Right. You right. Know? That's your memory. Yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> whenever wow. I'm doing like interviews, you know, other people's podcasts, whatever, or collaborating with other businesses, they're always like, you know, do you send us some high res photos, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't have any high yeah. res photos. All my shit is on my phone. That's so hilarious. What am I answering? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, sorry, I just don't. Oh shit! That's not that's how like, I operate. You so know? I'm I identify with that so much because like, you know, interestingly enough, over the last year, um, as Devin and I became friends, and we were like sort of seeking out a lot of similar things, and mm -hmm. it was really awesome because we both get to do this Scarpa mentorship together, mm -hmm. like. They're like, okay, well, send us a couple like good photos or oh something. I'm like, where am I? Where am I gonna get those? I've got three professional I, I mean, photos that I have of yeah. myself, and the rest are like my yeah. my kid and like my husband at the uh -huh. crag. Like, I don't have that. Like, cool that other people. But then, and then I see like other people with their perfectly curated photos on mm. Instagram that their professional photographer boyfriend took, and I'm like, well, I don't have that. So, yeah. and then and then like you know, I, I don't know, like, that's not my claim to fame by any means of like, oh, look at that cool photo of you mm -hmm. climbing. Um, yeah, I just don't have that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, even even when uh, Luke asks me for photos for the zine, I feel like I've sent him the same 10 photos every right, time. Right, right. And <laughs> I literally have a Google folder yep. of the photos that I think will work. Yeah. And whenever people now are like, you know, send me photos, I'm like, here's the link. Here's the yeah, one. You can yeah. use here's whatever the in photo. there. <laughs> here's every photo ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's, um, and, and I do wish that I had more. Like I, I wish I had more of those because I do want the variety, but also like, I mean, I, I think I basically said it earlier, but I'm just very protective of. I don't want the photos to be the focus of mm -hmm. going on these climbing trips. Like I really want to try to enjoy the moment. And I feel like unless I'm with someone like Brie, who's like a photographer and, and I mean, we can actually talk yeah. cameras and lighting and all yeah. that. I, it, I feel like it takes me out of the moment. I've never, I don't know, like when I'm bouldering or, or on a rope or whatever with my friends, like photography isn't like a natural progression. Like I'm not like, I don't know. It's it's like you have to step away and be like, oh, shit, I need to take a picture of this. Yeah. At least for me, that's how it, it comes off. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even had my phone most of the time mm -hmm. out climbing this yeah. these past couple days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just forget it in the car or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I will say this as a person, and I think, you know, you'll fall into this eventually, Devin, and, and I think you probably will as well, Bree, that... I, I am now beyond just a climbing coach or beyond mm -hmm. just a podcast host. Yeah. I have to admit to myself that I also have to be a content creator. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's what draws the people in. It's what allows me to give them my message, yeah. you know, and to make them want to listen to it mm -hmm. because there's interesting content around it or I'm telling interesting stories and, and there are a lot of ways to tell stories, mm -hmm. you know? So I have to be, Part of my job now that I've created for myself is creating content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the what I've had to do, rather than saying, I'm going to go have these real life experiences and somehow document it while also still having the experience, because that shit just really isn't possible. Agreed. I've had to just say, here are the stories I want to tell. How can I tell them within my, my ability, mm -hmm. you know? And 
I'm going to make specific days to go out and say, this is a content day. Hmm. I want to go out. I'm just there to take photos, to get photos, to Mm. take video, to, you know, get the pieces of this story I need to be able to say this thing or to make this post or, you know, to connect this podcast to this chart, to this video or whatever, you know? So I've had to turn it into a part of my work day. I love that though, because it expresses intentionality and you're compartmentalizing Mm -hmm. a little bit where like, I feel like when people, I mean, we've talked about this so many times where people my even like my closest friends and family have always been like, Devin, you can't be a rapper and a route setter and a podcaster. Like you have to pick one. Right. And I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that what it, what it means instead is that you have to be intentional. Like you have to say like, right now I like, that's what I've learned for myself at least. Like right now I am a rapper or right now I am a photographer and, and um, it's better that way. You know, like that's why I like what you just said. Cause now it's like, you're not fitting content creation into your day to day. You're curating. I mean, you're curating your content intentionally Mm -hmm. and you could argue that like, oh, well it's not authentic cause you're not posting it in the moment. But, but I would argue that it's more authentic because you're taking intention to do just that as opposed to like, I'm going to have this like sidecar situation where I'm living my real life and also propelling my social media presence as opposed to like, I'm going to live my real life right now. And okay, let's like curate my social media presence this day. Yeah. And I'm getting to fully experience my, my real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I can come back and tell the story. I can come back and get the shot. I can go back out to the boulder and get photos or whatever if I have a meaningful yeah. story I want to tell mm-hmm. about it. Man. You know? So that's how I've gotten around it. You know, rather than saying every day I need to, every day I go out, I need to create content around it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want social media or my persona on social media or whatever to influence how I'm interacting with the world, mm-hmm. then I go interact with the world and then I'll come back and interact as a content creator, Yeah, you know? And you're not trying to juggle both and failing right. terribly at it. <laughs> right, right. Both are going to suffer. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like people watching a concert through their phone because yeah, they're that, recording that's the exactly what I think to about to their friends. Uh, yeah, know? that's what I don't want to do. I mean, that's like the best example is is like people because I, I I mean, I love music obviously and going to concerts is really um special to me and I don't know, there are times where I step back and I'm like, "All right, let me get like a a little bit of let me get a photo of, or a video." To, yeah, yeah, like and and I'm thankful that I've done that I do that, but yeah, like that's my fear is I don't want to be like in front of the thing documenting the thing and not experiencing it. Yeah, I had a talk mm-hmm. with my daughter once at a concert. We both like the same music. We go to concerts together. Mm-hmm. And she had her phone up recording and I was like, "Look around. There are 20 other people doing exactly this." Mhm. You can see those videos on YouTube tomorrow if you search mm-hmm. it, you know. Mm-hmm. Watch the concert through your eyes and then tomorrow if you want to watch it on a phone screen, you can do that, you know. Mm-hmm. You're, How do we do that? <laughs> I don't well, it's a fear. I, I think it's a fear. Like I think we are so at least for me, I can't speak for everyone, but there's a fear that if you don't document it, you won't remember it and that like it'll get lost, I think. And, and also, you want everyone else to know you were there. And you want and there's like yeah, that like ego side of it like look at what i'm doing mm-hmm. like i'm i'm seeing atmosphere yeah. and and yeah there is like if i go see atmosphere i do want <laughs> everyone to know because atmosphere is dope and their concerts are dope but i also think that yeah there's a fear of like oh well i'll forget this and i've actually learned i don't know if everyone else is like this but i've learned that when i try to document things that makes it easier to forget them mm-hmm. like when i know i have a picture I don't have to remember it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or like if yeah, I yeah. know I've got a video of atmosphere performing, I, I can like, I, it just, I have the mental security of like, oh, well, if I forget it, I have a video and I don't focus on it as much. Yeah, there there was a time when I was really into photography and developing my own film, my own prints and hand coloring the prints. 
mm-hmm. and I had I had taken all these huge photos, you know, made these huge photos of my daughter, mm-hmm. and then at one of her birthday parties, I didn't have my camera, and mm-hmm. people were like why aren't you taking pictures yeah. of this? Like you're, you're the one who should be documenting this. And I'm like, no, I'm the one who should be here for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> I don't need a photo to remember it. And once that memory's gone, the memory's gone and that's okay because I had the memory. I experienced, you experienced the thing. It. That's you know? the important. The experiences are the important parts. Like, and if it's really that impactful to you, you will not forget it. Like, why are we, why do we have to hold on to every memory? Like, um, I don't know. Like it's, I can't, I'm not going to do the joke justice, but like, it's like something to the effect of thinking about like all the like silly shit that we're going to have 70 years later of mm-hmm. like, here's this uh, video of grandma twerking right. in front of the bathroom right, here. Right, that, don't right. that, that is not necessary. Wait, did your grandma twerk in front of the bathroom? Well, we don't have to, we don't have to go there. Yeah. But it almost like, it's like an ego validation, right? Like if we can constantly look back at that concert or Mm -hmm. that experience like we live up to our own expectations like oh Mm -hmm. that day i was like in the instance that we fall into the trap of like not feeling like climbers it's like oh but look there's a photo of me climbing yeah and remember true and so it's like our own ego validation whereas like you know the more and more confident we feel as human beings climbers whatever our thing is that we do the less we feel compelled to like create this perfect picture image or thing or capture this perfect moment or and yeah i don't know that's interesting Mm -hmm. and i think it can be a powerful thing you know in in that regard or at least adjacent to that regard as well you know i do get psyched about other people's posts or get inspired by other people's posts sometimes or or i can look back at one of my posts and remember oh shit you've done this these cool things you know, you've mm-hmm. you've had an impact here or, you know, you made this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can look back and see that mm-hmm. stuff. So there is a yeah. there is a good side to it. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, like like what you just said, I think what you said, Brie, about like not feeling validated and being able to look back. I think that's positive, too. I yeah. think for myself, oh, for sure. yeah. it's it's good to remember like, oh, look, Devin, like you've done so much in the last like six years and like it's not about other people's perception it's more about like am i living up to the values that i say and i can look back and go yeah like you're doing those things and then also like i feel like i've been bashing so much on taking pictures at concerts but i will say like one of my fondest memories is going to see lupe fiasco in the lasers era lupe fiasco um and i I brought my camera and i was like i'm gonna get pictures of him and i like fought my way to the front and I, one of my pictures he saw and like either he reposted it on Facebook. He definitely commented mm, on it and cool. was like, this is awesome photo. And that was like so cool for me because at that time he was like, I mean, he still may be like my favorite rapper ever. Yeah. And I wouldn't have remembered that concert that way if I hadn't brought my camera. Right. So there is a plus to yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think there's like a exact good, no. bad, right? Like it's... It's all choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, there's like, I have a great, mem- that same concert where I told my daughter, mm-hmm. you know, and she put her phone away. And then the next concert, she didn't bring her phone in even. Mm-hmm. But at that first concert, she, you know, I introduced her to who was her favorite rapper at the time, mm-hmm. a woman, Dessa, with Doomtree. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let me let me have you two meet, you know, and... I'm, I've got my daughter's phone trying to take a picture of her and Dessa. And I'm like, I don't know how to work this thing, you know, yeah, grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> and Dessa just snatches the phone from me and takes a selfie with her, mm-hmm. you know. And that memory was is great. And Caitlin yeah. has the photo now, you know. So there are pluses to this stuff. I think you just mm-hmm. have to, you have to think about it. You have to be intentional yeah. about it. There has to be reason yeah and and when i think of like the photos that i took of lupe i didn't go to that concert thinking i'm gonna get a good photo of lupe i was just like i'm gonna bring my camera and you know once i got to the front and like he was performing and like he was going crazy you know lights were going crazy i'm like shit i need to get some pictures of this Mm -hmm. um and but there was there was a shift right there was a moment where like you know like i went from enjoying the concert to i'm gonna get some photos but then once I got the photos I wanted, 
I put my camera away and then I went back to what I was doing. You so, compartmentalized the whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. 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 So that I think I think that's what it is. At least especially after what you said about being a content creator, that there's there needs to be an intention behind it instead of you just trying to like grasp at twenty five straws. It's like grasp at them one at a time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's along this line, if you all ever have the chance to go to a Doomtree concert with Annalisa <laughs> or specifically a POS concert with mm-hmm. Annalisa, you should absolutely take that. Is it like going to a Nas concert with Drew Mack? Uh, times 10. <laughs> That's a lot. She goes crazy. She raps every word. Yeah, I'd she, like to see that. She, like she was making beats the other night, yep. mm-hmm. times a thousand. It's, awesome. it's absurd. We should do that. That is anyway, great. Before before we wrap up on here, because you've both created cool things recently that that I think reflect your missions, your personalities, the 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 reason you're here right now, mm-hmm. you know. I would love to hear from Devin. Mm-hmm what climb late is the importance of that and i would love to hear from brianna (laughs) the importance of the american climbing project that's really cool because actually i i thought this earlier but i didn't it didn't seem natural to say it but like i've i was thinking about when Bri and i were talking about what we wanted to do with climbing when we were first getting to know each other and just like the intention behind what we wanted our voices to be and in I specifically even down to like our handles, like what what we wanted our handles on Instagram to be. And I see Climb Late as the like embodiment of everything you told me a year ago of yeah. how you you wanted to use your voice in a way that was true to you, but also like took on these different mantles and you wanted to be a you wanted to be a force for good, um, and, and like a, a a provider in yeah. a sense to of community um and i guess i never thought about it like that until you said that but yeah like this is this is like exactly what you said to me a year ago it's it's like that manifested and i see it personally as um as a very necessary component of climbing like another bridge for access um because access is not just about money it's not just about location it's about feeling safe and and having people like Brianna say come on in you know um and I think that gets overlooked a lot I think people focus on like oh you're you know like we just need to lower the prices like it, it's it's more about how you communicate it so that's that's kind of how I see it it's that next level of of giving access to climbing yeah and I'll I'll add to that that one of the brilliant components of it i'm i'm a sucker for good branding plays on words yes. things like that <laughs> yes so the, of course so the climb late part while partnering with AL8 because AL8 is a a drink made in rural kentucky mm-hmm. it becomes even more powerful mm-hmm. that that this brand this uh coalition who all work in rural Kentucky have partnered together to do something that adds to the diversity in in this sport is is really powerful for me to see yeah so yeah I appreciate that it's there well Mm -hmm. the other thing I wanted to say is like even if even if in the future you don't partner with AL8 like the legacy still stands and it's still it's still a telltale of like where you started yeah. where like that's why like you know rappers name they don't change their rappers usually don't change their names unless they're doom yeah unless they're <laughs> doom and, and and they're collaborating with someone then they'll change every you know every album's a different name all caps but like you know i guess like rappers will sometimes drop the young or the lil from their name do but they like, they're not lil anymore yeah <laughs> i think i guess the only two rappers i can think of are like young jeezy he, he's just jeezy bow wow. now and bow wow with, which <laughs> maybe that wasn't a good choice on his part but but the the legacy remains right like right. you you will it, it the name tells the story 
which I, again is like kind yeah. of what we just talked about, right? Of like once you put something out, it will exist that way forever, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is really powerful in this case. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Now it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, what do I, to even where to even start with the American Climbing Project? Because even just, I mean, I feel as though this was in motion so much longer before we were friends, but just the necessary need for this to happen. And, and this will sort of play out in every episode that we're going to mm -hmm. hear from you. And I feel as though I've got a little bit more of an in, like I've heard some things that your listeners definitely haven't heard yet, mm -hmm. but just the, I'm, I'm so tired of the narrative in climbing. That is the constant narrative of, you know, shirtless white guy does mm. another FA and there's so much more to climbing than what we're seeing and hearing. And even, um, and so Devin, you're, you're interviewing these people in the community that whose stories haven't been shared before, whose ideas need to be told and you're giving them a platform. You're, you're bringing to life, um, ideas and, and, and initiatives and things like what I love. So it's so hard to articulate, but like what I love so much about it is that you're putting, you're putting you're, you're doing the thing that I want to see done in the community. <laughs> you're, you're, you're out there, you're using your voice and people are hearing, um, hearing from people that need to be heard from seeing people that need to be seen mm -hmm. and changing the narrative and changing the story of what climbing is. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, you talk more about, you're not like, you know, talking about how to train to become a stronger climber or whatever, but you're talking to people within the climbing community that may not have had that voice before. Mm -hmm. So you're like the next step. You're like giving voice to the people who might come in to climb late one day to like mm -hmm. try, right? Like you're giving, mm -hmm. you're then giving them a platform to have a voice and um, such a necessary thing to hear because people need to hear that. That's really cool. Yeah, and I would say... You know, from from that moment on the the mezzanine level at Climb So Ill, <laughs> when you were talking to me about what do you think about a podcast like this? Do you think how do you think that would be received? Do you think it's something that mm -hmm. could work? And I I thought I I somehow need to make sure this thing happens. <laughs> like I have no I have no influence over it other than I'm going to record a thing I'm gonna put myself in a position where I can release this to tens of thousands of people to hold your ass accountable <laughs> to making a thing I knew it should be a thing then it, mm -hmm. and it, its moment became even more powerful and you delivered on that and I'm incredibly proud of you for doing that yeah. it's good it's so good. Wow. If no one's listened to it, go listen to it because it's good. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is because, yeah, I mean, you did exactly what you wanted. You you kept me accountable. Um, you, re you released it at like the perfect time, I feel like. Um, it was a really good reminder. And, you know, again, like I don't think that I even would have gotten this far had it not been for the connections I made through social media. Yeah. Like, because even yeah. though I've only seen, this is the fourth time I've seen you. So you could argue that, that, that our primary connection is virtual. Yeah. Um, but you still had an insane amount of influence on my, I mean, even back to tape climb repeat, like I told you, like someone showed me your music and I was like, oh, like I want to, I want to rap again. Like I'm, I'm going to rap about climbing. Cause I didn't know what I wanted to rap about until I heard your music. So it's really powerful. And thank you for that. Both of you. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm glad your voice, both of your voices are out there. Um, I think you both wield different size hammers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for doing it. Yeah. I am honored to be able to call both of these forces of nature friends as well as to be a tiny part in their journey to spread their voices and I'm privileged to get to watch it going down in real time. This is part of what makes the climbing community go around. People doing the work they believe in and I am 100% 
here for it. Since we recorded this in the summer, both Brianna and Devin have had some big changes in their lives and in their careers, which they are and I am excited about. Uh, Brianna has accepted a position at the Access Fund, which is perfect for her. The Access Fund is lucky to have her. Devin just recently quit his job with Nike to pursue the American Climbing Project and other projects that he has in the works full time. If you or your gym is interested in having a Climb Late event, you can contact Brianna. There are links right there in your show notes to do that. She's right now booking out for 2022. If you or your company is interested in supporting or sponsoring the American Climbing Project, because frankly, it's the not only the most provocative and most interesting climbing podcast out there right now, it's also the best produced. If you want to support that, there are links right there in your show notes to reach out to those guys and get that going. Also, if you've got a project that could use the talents of Devin Dabney, if it's a music project, if it's a podcast project, whatever it is, hit him up. You will not be disappointed. And at the same time, you'll be supporting this work getting done in the climbing community, which is a much needed thing. And for God's sake, if you have not listened to the American Climbing Project yet, go do it. What are you waiting for? You're going to learn something. I promise. You can find links to do all those things right there in the show notes in your pocket supercomputer. You can also find a link to our new community forum and knowledge hub. That's at community.powercompanyclimbing.com. We hope to see you over there soon. In the meantime, if you need us, you know where to find us, powercompanyclimbing.com. You can find us on the Instagrams, the Facebook, the Pinterest, the YouTube, at Power Company Climbing. And you can hunt for us on the Twitter. You should absolutely be sharing both Climb Late and the American Climbing Project on the Twitter machine. We won't be liking or retweeting or whatever happens over there because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time, 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 this time,